everyone, Zachary Dash here, and welcome to episode six of the Around the Block video and podcast series. Today we got a really awesome guest. His name is Brian Flynn. Like a lot of our guests, I started following Brian on Twitter, who is talking about and created a newsletter around NFTs. Now, this was before the NFTs got the crazy rise. So obviously, Brian is uh, ahead of the curve here on a lot of things in crypto. Um, and he was talking about it before I even knew what NFTs were about. So really, really smart guy. Um, he is a creator of something called Rabbit Hole, which is a really really cool idea if you follow block zero and what we do with in terms of incentivizing and getting people to try new things wait till you hear about rabbit hole it's a really cool concept um also he talks about life before crypto he was actually a professional gamer and so it's so crazy whenever you meet people in crypto because we all have different backgrounds we all have different skill sets so he talks a little about how his gaming background actually connected a little to the crypto space um, he talks about the next trends to look out for in the nft space um, he talks about the uh, inspiration behind building rabbit hole and the long-term future of just DeFi in general. So really, really cool interview. I would just say that my, my biggest takeaway here that I really respect from Brian is, um, you know, we all come into the industry in different phases and different times of our life. And the best thing I think a lot of people can do to get their foot in the door is just start creating or adding value where possible. So Brian was able to do that, and obviously he's uh, it's worked out well for him. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview between Brian and Leah Thompson. I'll see you guys on the other side. Around the Block is presented by Block Zero Labs, a startup studio made for the decentralized world. From logo to launch, we build experimental projects with our community of over 5,000 citizens. If you'd like to help us create, launch, and own the next generation of decentralized startups, go to blockzerolabs.io, become a citizen, and check out some of the cool things we're building. Brian, thank you so much for joining us and being part of the Around the Block interview series. I'm really excited to get to dive into more of your story and rabbit hole and what you're building and just your journey here in the Ethereum community and just the world of crypto in general. And so what I think is kind of a fun way to start off is just to hear your like BC story before crypto. Like what were you doing before you came yeah. into this space? <laughs> yeah, well, well thank well, first of all, thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to, to jump in and, and talk to you. Um, yeah, so my, my BC story, oh, wow. So um, my background's actually in uh, competitive gaming. Uh, I played uh, quite a few first person shooters like, like Counter-Strike um, kind of over the years before crypto. And it was really into um, just, just uh, how 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 gaming was gonna gonna have an impact on culture. Um, eventually, decided want to be locked in my room the rest of my life, just playing games. And so I was like, well, maybe you can get into tech and startups instead. Um, so you know, discovered crypto just a few years ago, right when Ethereum um, uh, started blossoming in 2017. Um, first, started working on a peer-to-peer uh, -peer delivery company uh, using Ethereum. Uh, realized I was sort of 10 years too early because needed some proof of location technology. So kind of like hung it up on the shelf and started diving into other use cases uh, in, in Ethereum and crypto, like NFTs um, and prediction markets and so on and so forth. Um, and kind of going down that rabbit hole led me to creating, you know, my company rabbit hole. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite the journey so far. 
Oh, well, I'm excited to like dissect more of that. Um, but I want to jump into this professional gaming world because I think that's so interesting. And there was something I wanted to ask you about anyway. And so I would love to hear more about like what, how that impacted you at like a young age to be building this kind of like following and community and to be learning those communication skills because to be an online yeah. gamer, you have to be a good communicator. Like what are some of those, like, how did that impact you? And like, what were some of those lessons you learned through that whole experience? Um, yeah. So, um, so that, that was like sort of around like 2010, like there was, um, like Justin, it was Twitch TV, what was Justin TV at the time. And there was only like, maybe like 500 to a thousand viewers on, wow. on like each tournament. Now there's, you know, millions. Um, so it, it was like quite, it was just like completely different time for esports in general. Um, and there wasn't, no one had social media following. So, you know, there was um, like a huge COD scene that had a bunch of YouTube views. But, this, mm -hmm. but besides that, there really wasn't, you know, these huge esports personalities at the time. Um, and so there really wasn't a lot of opportunities to, to make a living with competitive gaming like there is now. Um, and we saw like the shift in the esports industry in like 2013, 2014, after I decided that it was, you know, <laughs> of course, as soon as I stopped playing, it's like this industry starts blowing up. Um, but yeah, like it, it was, it was really, it was really interesting because, you know, on one side of things, um, uh, you, you have a really good bond with your teammates and you're, and you're practicing for like six to eight hours a day. Um, wow. And it, and it can feel it can feel like a real like a real sport to, to a lot of people, um, but it's just a completely different world, and even more so today, you know, because it has so many viewers. Um, and yeah, it, it's it, it's a crazy to see like some of my friends who I used to play with are just now like huge internet personalities and have their own uh, Twitch follow Twitch following, and uh, it's just you know. I guess two different worlds now for, for each of us, one in crypto, one in esports. <laughs> right. That's so interesting. That would be really funny to like, I don't know, go through that whole process. And then, but like you said, you know, being stuck in your room all day is maybe not like, you know, so. I mean, I do that now with crypto, so it wasn't really too much. <laughs> That's true. So how did you first hear about crypto and what was that, what was that moment like when you decided like, hey, I want to jump into working in this industry full time? Like was, what was that kind of transition like? Yeah, so um, during college, I was uh, doing an internship at a insurance company, um, and uh, this was around 2015, 2016, and, um, and, at, uh, and I was into doing a research paper on how technologies will impact insurance markets, and, and started doing a little bit more research on peer-to-peer -peer insurance and how we can insure others based upon our own performance. Um, and so... Um, you know, one thing led to another and I saw the Ethereum white paper and then so I started reading about how Ethereum can impact insurance markets back in 2016. Um, I was really into the idea of just using gamification of, of insurance as well. So if we, uh, you know, if we have better health, we will be able to get better health insurance if using like a Apple Watch. It was kind of like deep down that rabbit hole for a while. Um, and, um, and yeah, so that, that was kind of like the, the moment leading up to crypto and then just really into the idea of using, uh, intersection of games and crypto given my background in, in gaming. Um, and so how we can actually gamify and use different intrinsic motivation techniques to get people to do different things. Um, and, um, and so that is a lot of my thinking towards like rabbit hole now. 
is, you know, a, a lot of it is incentivizing and educating people um, about crypto, but in the form of a game. Um, and it's, so it's hitting on different uh, intrinsic motivation factors of human psychology um, to try and, and get people you know, to, to take certain actions. Um, and I think that's been the underlying theme, um, a lot of my crypto things so far in my career. So let's dive into rabbit hole. Give us a high level overview of what it is, uh, what you guys are doing and kind of how people can get involved in it. Yeah, so uh, basic level, um, rabbit hole is a platform to learn and learn about crypto. Um, so it's strictly built on Ethereum right now, but um, users can do different tasks on, on, on Ethereum and then compound and swap kind of on the, you know, the most popular Ethereum applications um, and earn crypto tokens for actually using those applications. Um, so it's sort of like Coinbase Earn in, in a kind of a similar way, um, but actually focused on the usability of these applications. Um, so, you know, a lot of users are, are daunted of like, what's the first applications they want to use in, in decentralized finance or Ethereum. And we kind of give them, you know, a visualization of their journey down the rabbit hole. Um, so first with what the first task they should do versus, you know, the third task, right? And kind of building out, you know, different tasks for the user to do based upon their previous um, on-chain history. So, um, you know, the, the goal for us is to actually, actually have the best onboarding platform and into crypto as a whole and to kind of make it sort of like your on-chain resume. Um, so as you start doing different tasks, they'll open you up to different opportunities and different airdrops, different uh, token distributions, right? Um, as you start doing more tasks um, on Ethereum. So, okay, so I'll give you an example, just because it's so funny, it happened this morning, but a friend of mine who's been like buying Ethereum for a long time, I'm like, just buy and hold, like, you know, this is, you know, probably the best thing for you right now. But this morning he texted me and was like, what's this up? Like, what's up with Uniswap and all this other stuff? What, you know? And so it's like, well, there's a lot to learn. There's, you know, a lot of things to chat about. So in that kind of scenario, would sending them to rabbit hole be like, a good next step in terms of like helping to guide their education and make sure they don't just go bananas doing all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So we've been trying to really hone in as rabbit hole as like that, you know, one platform you can send all your friends and they say, Oh, what do I go next? How do I learn about these things? You know, kind of past just the token prices themselves, right. To actually engage the platform and understand it on a much deeper level. So yeah, definitely send them over to rabbit hole. <laughs> Oh, that's exciting. We'll definitely put links to everything below so people can, you know, check that out after they're done watching the interview. Um, but one thing I want to dive into um, even more that I, I think is a really cool part of your story is the NFT newsletter that you mm, created. Yeah. And so I'd love to just kind of hear more about that in general, but also hear about your thoughts in terms of really like niching down and positioning yourself as a thought leader in an industry. Like, is that a good way for people to kind of get started in crypto and trying to really get into a specific community. I know I just love to in general hear more about all of it. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's um, so back in um, early 2018, um, right after the launch of crypto Kitties in, in, in December, 2017, uh, I was looking for more of like a way to, you know, make a name for myself in crypto and make start my career. Um, and I, I was thinking deeply about how to do it. I saw everyone kind of talking about, um, you know, token prices and investing, but I kind of wanted to, you know, focus on something else to kind of stand out a bit more. Um, and so I really focused on NFTs exclusively because I, I 
Um, I had a feeling that they were going to be big at the time, um, and nobody was talking about them besides, you know, CryptoKitties players. This is that was the only application for NFTs right. at the time. Um, so, so I just started writing about like really random, really weird things happening in NFTs. Like, I remember something, you know, there was a crypto celebrities game, or where people were oh, basically yeah. were taking, you know, crypto celebrities and um, selling them as NFTs. There was you know, this project called like Ether Goo, where you can get NFTs for, it's kind of like Clash of Clans a little bit. Uh, and I mean, obviously now the space has kind of blown up by like 100x. Um, but yeah, mostly just, you know, starting with a niche um, and just talking about the most interesting things each week, just kind of like curating different news um, that allowed me to build a following um, in the crypto space and then eventually re uh, re um, branch out to other, um, facets of the industry. Um, the newsletter uh, uh, led me to a job at Dapper Labs as well. Um, so I actually started working at Dapper Labs for two years, working on whole different types of things. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I got started with the, the NFT newsletter. But uh, it was it was quite the ride. <laughs> and so I'm kind of curious to hear since you are are very like OG NFT, and they've definitely had their like a huge explosion the last six months to where like everyone's launching nfts it's you know what are your kind of thoughts on where that segment of the industry is going and what are kind of what what do you think the next trends will be in the nft space yeah so the, what's happened in the past six months is a lot of um influencers and creators have realized that nfts are really good monetization engine mm -hmm. um and and different than tokens and that's there's there's no um, there's no in this enforcement of like trying to have the token price go up. It's kind of like a modern day lemonade stand. So it's more of like a one off. It's like a one off transaction, right? So mm. if say if say you wanted to like mint NFT and, and sell it to your fans, like then it, it's if someone would want to buy that because it's minted and created by, by you. Um, and and that kind of you know started a trend across the entire crypto space where a lot of you know, creators and influencers were just starting to mint their own NFTs, even if it wasn't, you know, digital art, it could have just been a tweet or it could have just been a video or an article. And at first people were just looking at this saying, it's like, why is this happening? This is, this, this is really weird. This is really awkward. Uh, but because the creators themselves were, were minting it, um, it had value to some of the fans in the audience. And it, it was, it was a whole new monetization method that, that was kind of created in that moment. Um, but even though that kind of existed for years, it was only, you know, that moment where people realized, well, this thing is going to be much bigger than we anticipated, much bigger than digital collectibles or digital art. Um, so it, it's a lot of people are, are kind of calling it crypto media or the tokenization of media. Mm. Um, and so it's a little bit different than just digital art um, in that all media can kind of flow through like a single um, like a single protocol where it's actually distributed to a bunch of creators. And so there's a bunch of teams kind of like working on that side of things like Zora and Foundation um, that are doing a bunch of interesting stuff that's kind of just outside the digital art realm. Do you think there's um, like a bit of like push and pull between the more like OG artist NFT community versus some of this newer media that's not really art, but it's being minted as NFTs? Like, is there kind of a 
tug of war there or what does that kind of look like? It's right so now? funny. It's so funny you mentioned this because, you know, like obviously there's tribalism between like Ethereum and Bitcoiners, but even yeah. within Ethereum, there's like tribalism between like the DeFi and like the NFT crowd. And then not even like a, on a smaller level, there's like tribalism in the NFT crowd between like these, as you mentioned, these like OG NFTers, mm-hmm. you know, where, where like everything needs to be decentralized and on chain and sort of this like new wave of creators, right? But even if you like look out, like look throughout human history and like a culture, like there's always kind of just one culture imposing on like another culture that has like kind of two separate viewpoints, right? And it, it's just kind of like a theme that's just about how communities in general, where there's always like someone feeling like they're being infiltrated by another culture. Um, and so we'll, we'll see kind of uh, this um, tribalism play out probably over the, the crypto's entire lifetime. So it's, it's just interesting to kind of see it on like different scales. Uh, but yeah, it definitely exists. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so I'd like to um, circle back to chatting about Rabbit Hole a little bit more. Like what was your inspiration to start building Rabbit Hole? Yeah, so um, when I worked at Dr. Labs, um, we spent a lot of time um, thinking about what the killer application of crypto uh, would be and also what blockchain games actually are, you know, from the inception of CryptoKitties, it kind of drew, uh, you know, a huge mania, but really didn't, literally wasn't sustainable uh, and really didn't bring a mainstream crowd past the initial collectible grades. Um, and so uh, obviously, you know, Dapper is working on like NBA Top Shot now and, and that has some great success. Um, but I really wanted to, to think about how we can turn the entire crypto um, experience into a game in itself built across multiple platforms, like kind of on the protocol level. Um, because DeFi in itself feels like a game to a lot of people. And it's like often referenced as like one giant online game. Um, <laughs> but so that was that was sort of, you know, that moment sort of clicked for me at about two years ago when, uh, you know, I was first doing a lot of Ethereum applications. And because you know, my progress saved from one application to another uh, and my identities carry from one application to another that can actually have an impact on another platform. And um, so it's like, well, what if we were to actually build like one giant game across the entire Ethereum ecosystem um, and have, you know, this is a leveling system and, and badges and kind of this, you know, make it feel like a real online game to get people to do things and kind of hide a lot of, you know, kind of the boring stuff and we can actually kind of advance the space forward in a more meaningful way. Um, so I kind of came from it from, from that angle. Um, and, and it's been interesting to kind of see how, how that's been evolving over the past, uh, the past year has been kind of more into this education angle of just trying to, you know, it kind of feels like a new, if it's a kind of new form of university um, where we can actually, um, you know, have people complete these different tasks and it's kind of like leveling up their different um, like decentralized jobs is kind of how a lot of people put it, um, like curating and, and swapping and indexing and minting, right? These are all kind of new decentralized jobs, so like the new digital economy. Um, and now we can actually track this progress as we go down these different ecosystems. Um, so kind of now what we're focused on is sort of how we translate this from just, you know, tracking these on-chain tasks and making it feel like a game to more about issuing credentials and actually having like new forms of degrees to actually participate in these different networks. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to think of a lot of like metaphors here between, you know, 
you know, kind of like learning platforms like Duolingo or Code Academy, uh, just in the form of like crypto is sort of like how we're thinking about it now. So you have quite the range of experience here in the crypto industry from working with a really established brand like Dapper Labs to founding your own project. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts like on what kind of advice you would have for someone that's interested in, in building something in the crypto industry or coming and working here in the crypto industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that the, the biggest thing is um, the crypto industry is obviously very wide and has a lot of breadth to it. And it's, it's really hard, um, you know, picking one particular thing because sometimes you can be curious about a lot of different things, right? It doesn't have to be specific in Ethereum. It can be in Bitcoin, right? It can be on our blockchain, right? You really have to, have, have to kind of like explore the whole breadth of it. Um, and I think that, you know, what helped me a lot is just um, start writing and start really just um, synthesizing your own thoughts about like what's mm -hmm. interesting to you um, and get feedback on your own ideas. Um, what's helped me a lot with my own um, building company is just uh, for, with my running my newsletter, I get feedback on my ideas all the time and get this reinforcement loop from my audience saying, oh, this is a good idea or this is a terrible idea and you should, you should keep writing about this. And it, it's helped me, it's helped me a lot to get this fast feedback loop about if I'm thinking about these things correctly um, and actually engaging with the audience and if it's resonating with, with a particular audience. Um, yeah, so, so start writing, definitely explore uh, the whole breadth of the space. Don't focus on one particular um, section of crypto because there's a lot of different um, mental models that you can start creating by understanding different parts of the space. Um, so maybe you're just focused on NFTs at first, but maybe there's something in DeFi or DAOs or, or even Bitcoin that can give you a better understanding of how NFTs might work. Um, so I recommend people to go wide before they go deep in a particular um, idea. Oh, I love that. And that's a, that's a perfect segue to something else I, I wanted to ask you about because there's so many moving parts and pieces to what we call this crypto and blockchain industry like you just mentioned. And so one thing I know sometimes I struggle with and I hear a lot of other people do as well is like there's so many potential opportunities of things you could do. You could get deeper into DeFi, you could get into NFTs, you could be working on, you know, there's just endless list of possibilities. Like how do you choose which opportunities to pursue and and what how how what's your thought process on that? Yeah, that's a really tough question. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just like I think on, on a this this might sound pretty cliche, but to see where your curiosity takes you, <laughs> I mean, it's it's sort of like easy as that, right? I think you know sometimes there might be one trend that's like more powerful than others. I mean, six months ago it was DeFi, right now NFTs have kind of overtaken DeFi. Um, just stay ahead of the trends and see what's relevant, um, and then you can always kind of go back go back in the past and see what other people are talking about. Um, at certain points in time that can help you connect some paths and help you pursue these different ideas that you have in time. So a question that we had from the community, because we, we did a post yesterday and got some community questions, was uh, someone really wanted to hear your thoughts on where you see the DeFi space as a whole going in the long term. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so um, on, a, on a very uh, high level, um, DeFi is sort of the uh, like the back end or sort of like the architecture for like a digital economy. Um, and then NFTs and like social tokens are in, in general are sort of like the front end or more consumer facing, right? Um, so like right now DeFi is like very nerdy. Not a lot of people 
you know, would want to interact with DeFi for the most part. And it's, it's, it's mostly like contract to contract. People don't usually want to engage for their own individual basis. Um, but I think you'll start to see a lot of um, consumer facing applications that are using DeFi kind of um, hiding it and hiding it away from the user. Um, and they'll be interacting with DeFi kind of without knowing it. Um, and that a lot of these smart contracts will just be working together on the back end and just uh, completely you know, helping the user advance towards their own goals, sort of on the consumer facing level. So um, I think, you know, between the intersection of NFTs and, and DeFi is, is, is probably the most interesting space and where it's going um, and, and sort of how the um, NFTs being um, controlled by kind of DeFi in the back end, you know, having NFTs as collateral for loans, for example, um, is sort of like one of the first use cases that we're starting to see. So one of my favorite questions to ask people is, um, what is something you're working on right now that you are just so excited about? Does that answer, can that be rabbit hole? <laughs> or even, I mean, it can be whatever you want, but like, even if there's something specific within rabbit hole, like a feature you're working on, I don't know if you can say, but it, 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 what kind of project or thing are you working on right now that you're just really jazzed about? Yeah, so I mean, it goes back to what I was doing before. It's got this like crypto university is sort of the one thing in my brain that, that I really want to, want to crack the code on. Um, and if we can figure out a way to actually um, use uh, DeFi as a way to, um, you know, financialize or, or even get people started into crypto and give them their first amount of Ethereum in the form of a loan to get started doing things um, in Ethereum. Um, and then pay back that loan later on based off doing tasks and earning rewards. But that can bring the next, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of people into crypto um, and can get a lot more people interested. Like right now, a lot of people don't use Ethereum just because of the high gas costs. It's like $20, $30 like per transaction. But if we can figure out a way to kind of use um, the more crypto native aspects of DeFi to help people start it and into Ethereum, then it can open up a whole new wave of people um, you know, interacting with different smart contracts. So like, I'm just really excited about that right now. And so that's been taking up a lot of my time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I kind of want to get back into gaming, but I know it might, might distract me from, from the rabbit hole side of things. But a lot of interesting things that happening in gaming right now uh, that's always drawing my eye as well. Well, the question that I love to end on, just because I feel like we live in this crypto world where I think most of us like live and breathe like constantly, you know, <laughs> everything crypto is, and, and maybe you just answered it with the gaming thing, but like, what is a, a hobby or an interest or something that you have that's totally out of the, out of the realm of crypto? Oh, man. <laughs> I wish I had a more interesting answer for this, but I, I just I just read a lot of fiction books. Um, oh, mm -hmm. So I'm really big into sci-fi. Um, so that, that's that's kind of my my hobby for the most part. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, I uh, I collect a lot of mugs. I have about two hundred mugs in, in a different collection. Um, oh Cheers. <laughs> yeah. This this one's from Iceland. So. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I kind of collect mugs too. We'll have to talk more after this. I don't have 200 <laughs> though, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Awesome. Well, that's Brian, fun. it has been just so much fun getting to have you on the Around the Block series and get to know you a little bit better and dive into your story and NFTs and DeFi and rabbit hole. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. It's been really great to have you on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.